Welcome to Rawsome Parenting. It's Kathy and Lynn. This is a platform where parents can offload and say anything anonymously. If you have a story, we want to hear from you. Because parenting is raw, it's awesome, it's Rawsome. Hello and welcome back to Rawsome Parenting. I have the beautiful Lynn from the Wise Heart here. How's your day going, bud? So far, so good. We're on episode nine. I know. This is crazy. So I heard the other day that... um. When people start podcasts, usually by episode six, a lot of people give up. Whoa. And we're, I know. I didn't really dig into it, but I, I can see why. It's a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. It is right? a lot of work. Especially since, especially since COVID. You know, the last episode, um, I messed up on my audio. I didn't even bother turning on my my mic. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of things to remember. Right? And because we're recording separately, we got to make sure we're uploading it properly and sending it to Vin. Vin, you are a magician. Thank yes, you very much. Vindaloo Productions. He... We haven't spoken about him in a while, so. I know. I um, <laughs> I feel like without him, we'd be a little bit lost for sure. <laughs> I don't know how many times he comes and tells us all the things that we are not doing correctly. <laughs> Just every week, there's something else. So for the listeners out there... I want to say thank you so much for continuing to listen to us because for continuing to listen. Yeah. And yeah, as we struggle through, (laughs) the juggle is real. You know, I created an event last year and the tagline was the juggle is real. It is though. This isn't the only thing I'm doing. I'm also part of the Kid Carson intern army contest. Oh my God. I'm so excited for you on that. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. So fun. It's totally up my alley. I do crazy things, guys, just so you know. She really Don't does. Call me. And my name's Kathy. Chatty Kathy. <laughs> it fits. It really does. It totally fit. fits. The thing that I've been really enjoying over the last few weeks is the feedback that we've been getting. And I think that there's something wrong with me because <clears throat> I just love the stuff that stings. Uh I, I think that's why we get along. I too like things that sting because I truly feel like that's how we grow, right? If I agree. You said earlier, um, in we talked and you said I don't like everything that's getting sugar coated. I don't. I don't like that at all. And I think it's a cultural thing because I know in my family there was never any sugar coating. Oh my god, the amount of stinging. Some of it really burned. You know the things that people would say to me. And <laughs> at the time, as a child, I was always thinking, "Wow, that's pretty harsh." But you learn to grow it thick skin harsh. around it. Yeah. But that's where growth but, happens. Yeah, but I also saw the sugar coating and the not sugar coating in my family. They would sugar coat things when it was talking about other people. But when it came to talking to us and what we needed to change, there was no sugar coating at all. So it's like, why can't you communicate like that with me? Well, it's a tough love approach. Totally. It's the tough. Totally. Uh, that's the dangers of unconditional love sometimes because we don't see it coming. And when it hits you, it really feels like a, a nice little jab, right? But I personally still, More as like an adult... like a stab, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> stab, turn, it's like, hey, go deeper. Kathy, stab, stab, stab. Oh my stab. gosh. Hey, but they stab now you in your, pour some... Yeah, to your front. They stab you to your front. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now let's, uh, let's pour some salt. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of fish sauce. Oh my I God. I'm reference to fish sauce because we're Asian, but... Um, <laughs> what we're talking about really ties into the letter. So why don't you go ahead and sure. dive into this Let's letter? Do that. Because it's, uh, parents, listen in, please. This one's a good one because it's coming from a child. I'm, I'm so excited. excited. 
because it was a completely different perspective that I didn't see coming because we made this for parents. But of course, we can't be parents without the children. So, I mean, the egg or the chicken, right? So it is what it is. And uh, so thank you, little child, for writing in because you're empowering other children to write in. And it is a, a di different perspective that we welcome on our show. Yeah, I'm so excited because it's, I never anticipated this. So let me get to it. Okay, so the letter reads, how do I tell my parents that they ask too much of me? Hi there. I know this is a podcast for parents, but I'm hoping you can help me with a child's point of view. I am 12 years old and have two younger siblings. My parents both work two jobs in order to pay for bills and buy us food. I know they are doing their best to give us a life they never had. That's what I always hear them say. My parents have told me since I was six that it's my job to be a good older sibling. That means I have to make sure my siblings aren't getting into trouble or being bullied. That's so hard to do. They also tell me that I have to get good grades. I get straight A's. Every day, I wake up and make breakfast and pack lunch for my siblings. After school, I help them with their homework. On weekends, I help to clean the house. I don't see my parents too much because they are working and I know they're tired from providing for us, so I don't complain. I just feel like I don't get to play as much as my friends and siblings do and think it's very unfair. My parents are always saying that they are proud of me. I think it's only because I do stuff. If I didn't, I wouldn't be good anymore. Deep down, I feel very guilty because I am mad that I didn't have that I don't have the same childhood other kids have. How can I tell that to my parents without hurting their feelings or making them mad at me? This last paragraph, it's oh my god, it's so gut wrenching. <laughs> you know, and as a parent listening in, I'm just like, oh, and I, I, I feel it from both sides because I know how it feels to not have the same childhood as this little girl or little boy is feeling. We had to clean up the house. And when we first moved here, our washer and dryer didn't show up with our stuff. So my twin sister and I used to have to wash nine people's clothing in the bathtub Jesus. before we went out. And by the time we were done, it was time to come back in. So I understand this, this, this child's standpoint. And from a parent standpoint, it stings because I, as a parent, would want to know how my child is feeling based on the things that I'm doing, things I'm not doing, because I am doing a lot of work and I understand that I have a lot of blind spots that may be causing a lot of triggers for the people around me. So from a parent standpoint, like I said, I, I would want to know what's going on. So if that helps this child that's right that's just from a one parent standpoint mine yeah and I think it's an important perspective to bring up for this writer because the idea that they feel guilty about being mad I get that and that is so common and it's not you know it's such a normal feeling to have or a combination of feelings to have because on one hand you're mad and the other hand you feel guilty for being mad because you just know that there are things that need to get done but it's so important to understand that that parents and I don't think that you're the only parent on this, Kathy. They want to know the stuff that stings. The thing that I said earlier, it's the place where we grow and it's the place where we can can connect further, right? And so and it is And I'm going to be honest with this kid um, right now. Like I learned probably the most in the last three and a half years. My son is three and a half. He obviously for the first couple of years didn't really speak, but I learned so much from him. And 
when he's at the point where he can actually communicate with me, which is now, I want to know more of how I can do to make him feel safe to communicate his feelings, um, whatever he's experiencing, without shame or guilt or fear that I'm going to take things personal. Because the last sentence is so heartbreaking. How can I tell my parents without hurting their feelings or making them mad at me? (gasps) Can you remember being 12 years old and ever having to like think of those two things in the same sentence? 100%. I felt this way. I don't know if you've ever felt this way. I don't think that I ever considered my parents' feelings. I always was afraid that they would be mad at me. I made things very personal. So I, I want to say something to this writer. The fact that they are 12 years old and already considering both sides of the coin is remarkable. Yeah, it is. So the parents are doing something right. Absolutely. And they are they are proud of this writer. They are proud of their child. And it doesn't take away from the fact, okay, one thing that I do want to address here is that the writer thinks that if they don't do stuff, that they aren't good anymore. Okay, we are not the things that we do. We are not the things that we do. Our choices do impact uh, our character and how we show up in the world. Absolutely. However, when, when I tell somebody that I'm proud of them, it's because I'm proud of their character. Because I'm proud of the way that they carry out their values, not because they went and just did a bunch of things. If they stop doing those things, it doesn't necessarily change their character. They could do another set of things that are just as important and just as revealing. And that would be something that I would be proud of. Because also, I want to dissect that piece when the writer says, it's only because I do stuff. Okay, well, you have two other siblings that don't do stuff, I imagine. I imagine that you're doing all the stuff. And if you were to ask your parents, they would probably also be proud of your siblings. Right. They're proud of you because of you. And I don't know if the writer is going to understand this when I say this, but far too often, sometimes we create stories about things that may or may not have happened, but those stories are so real for us, right? So maybe take a look at are you creating a story that your parents are only proud of you because you do all these things or are they really proud of you because if you can understand and grasp that concept maybe it can help you take a step back and say okay they are proud of me because of who I am not what I do and maybe it's going to give you a little bit more courage to be able to bring this topic up to your parents I agree with that if you are going to go ahead and think about how you're going to have a difficult conversation with a loved one, it's time to really consider all of the different perspectives or at least be open to it. And at 12 years old, again, I'm I, I'm probably going to bring this up a lot, the, the age thing, because it's just astounding to me. Um, the way the brain doesn't fully develop until age 25. Did you know that? A person's brain doesn't fully develop then. Now, given different circumstances, life experiences, that can accelerate their ability to to plan ahead can accelerate and that's what it sounds like it's happening for this writer because I have spoken to so many adults that don't even have a fraction of the wisdom and the level of self-responsibility and awareness that this writer has so I am going to bring it up a lot Um, and so if we if we're trying to be really helpful they want to learn how to talk to their parents so if this is the focal point here how do we how do we offer some perspective around that? I know for me, when I was this this was all the way up until my late adulthood, where 
I would bottle things up all the time. I would bottle things up all the time that when I felt like things were unfair, when I felt like there was injustice, when I felt like people were taking advantage of me and I would bottle it up. I would bottle it up until I felt so mad that I would explode. But during the entire time, I would feel guilty that I was mad, right? There was one scenario where I had to take care of a loved one and I was the primary caretaker in that particular scenario. And during their recovery, they were very moody and they were very thoughtless and they were just, you know, they were healing and they were taking a lot of things out on me and I was so pissed about it. But I didn't want to bring it up because... Because you knew they were going through some other stuff. Yeah, and I felt guilty about that. Exactly. And then I felt guilty. But what I realized and what I learned from it, it was such a big lesson for me was that by the time I got so mad that I exploded, our connection had been so severed that I forgot about the love part. I was now in resentment. And when I was doing those things out of resentment, it was changing the energy completely. Right. And and then it just keeps going in a circle because then you feel resentful, then you feel guilty, then you feel mad and then you feel resentful and it just goes on and on. And by the time I brought it up to this person in a way that was more clear, I said, I what you the way that you handle things just really upsets me. I feel like you take advantage of me. I feel like you take me for granted. Like I and I outlined all those things, but it was like I barfed it all up all at once. And when they found out, they felt so bad and they were in tears. They just said, I had no idea you were suffering this way. Why didn't you tell me sooner? Why didn't you tell me sooner? And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was just too hard. And that was, that's a perfect example of you creating that story of feeling guilty to share your feelings. Exactly. Right. I understand this feeling a lot because I used to bottle things up too because I come from a place of pain. Lots of it, right? And I never wanted anybody else to feel that pain. So I'd just bottle up my feelings and not share it and not share it and not share it. And then as soon as something triggered it, it would come out and hurt people, hurt people. And I was hurting people. So I don't want this writer to get to that point where she gets to a point where it's it's hurting and it's no longer bearable and it's it, it will come out incorrectly. So again, I want to commend her for writing in. I think this letter is pretty raw and open. If the writer is courageous enough, I would suggest perhaps giving this letter that they wrote in directly to the parents oh that's a good one that's a really good way to do it how many times have you ever written a letter to somebody because you couldn't talk to them so many times i have and it's way more effective oh yeah and it's raw and it's i feel like it's less confrontational because it can feel very scary to bring up a hard conversation so i love that idea so much yeah and the parents can choose to be mad choose to be angry whatever the case is, but that parent can sit with that letter, right? If I was to receive this letter and I felt personally attacked, I'm going to sit with it for a bit and I'm going to read it over and over and over until I get the nuggets that I need and then approach my child. Thank you so much for writing this letter. And then however that conversation plays out. But I really want to emphasize that last line. How can I tell my parents without hurting their feelings and making them mad at me? I think If I were to take this personal and I read that last line, I'm going to be like, you know what? 
my child's not trying to hurt me. Exactly. I think it's all intention based. Lots of intention there. Another way that I find is more uh, is kind of more practical, uh, and I coach people on this a lot. I coach pe- like leaders. I coach. Um, people on how to negotiate. One of the things is to, if you are going to give this letter to your parents, is to also have a list ready of the responsibilities. So the negotiation piece, right? Because it sounds yeah, like good call, right? It sounds like this writer really wants to see if there's a way that we can negotiate something that's more fair. And so it doesn't sound like they're trying to eradicate all their responsibility. It's just they want some semblance of a childhood. Okay, so now we're going to come to the table and say, let's make a list of the responsibilities that are absolutely yours. That it's more age appropriate or that the parents can't do because they are working two jobs, right? So there's here's the list number one. And then let's go with list number two as well to say these are the responsibilities that maybe we can just delegate to somebody else so that while, while I don't have to do this, I can go and play, right? Let's make it more fair. Well, if you look at the third paragraph, it says, every day I wake up, make breakfast, and pack lunch for my siblings. Well, if you're packing lunch for your siblings, that means they're going to school. I'm just going to assume that. That's right. Correct? So can they pack their own lunch? Maybe we can do it all together. Like, hey, look at big brother or big sister do this. You guys want to copy? Yes. Make it really fun. Yeah, we don't even know what the age gap is here. But we do know that they're most likely going to school because she's packing up. She, she or he is packing lunch. Exactly. Well, and then if you look back onto the second paragraph, oh, oh, we're looking at a letter, okay? Our listeners can't see this letter. But in the second paragraph, the writer says that they have been doing this since they were six years old. So let's take a step back and understand that while, yes, now they are 12 years old and their siblings are younger, they were capable since they were six years old. That means that you can be capable at any age. So if you do have two siblings and they are between six to 12 years old, that means they're capable of doing everything that you've been doing. So let's start empowering people because the other thing that happens in family systems is that all the responsibility and the weight of the world gets put onto the first child. And then it disempowers the second and the third child in the way that they think, well, I can't do it. And I know that a lot of people value efficiency. I value efficiency for sure. You know, I'm, and my mom has said this to me before. She's like, well, I just ask you because it's easier. You already know how to do it. I don't have to explain it to you. But yes, sure, that makes sense. Now we have 10 things that are on my plate and my siblings have zero. As you say that, that that's another point I want to point out, right? The parents need to take patience. If you're going to have these children, have the patience that you had with the first one with the other with the others that come too because you took the patience and time to teach the first child, you need to do the same for the rest. Sure. And if you don't have the time for this particular writer, Maybe the writer can teach the siblings. Yes. They've been doing it for six years. They're a freaking pro. I've had jobs where I stayed only for like three months, you know, countless jobs. (laughs) This one stuck it out for six years. So (laughs) they're an expert, right? They need a promotion, which means it's time that they get an assistant or two, right? So approach it from the way of saying, you know what? I think it's time for a promotion. These are the responsibilities that I did as my um, entry level job. Now, after six years, I think I need two assistants. There's two available. They're not doing anything. So how about we teach them from list number two? I'm willing to do that. I just want to remove that burden from my plate because I want to have some fun. 
right? It's vacation time. She can bring it up even, you know what, when I get uncomfortable, I go to comedy and I go to my humor. I make light of situations. Maybe she can take a funny approach. Like, hey, mom, dad, I need a couple assistants. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So I think that when you're trying to have a a difficult talk with somebody is to really be clear um, on what it is that you want out of the whole scenario. Because that way, you're not having to sit there for this awkward time and, and having to say, okay, well, what do you want? You're like, well, I don't know. That's hard because it's really difficult for anybody, whether it's a parent, a child, a spouse to say, to hear that there's a problem and that they're related to it, but then not know what kind of a solution the other person wants. So for this writer, here's a list of the things to do, right? I'll repeat it one more time just so that it's in sequence. So the first thing that that it sounds like Kathy and I are encouraging you to do is to share this letter with your parents. The second thing is to have a list of the things that you are currently doing that you can keep doing and then as well as a list that you're currently doing but you want to delegate off to somebody else whether it's your parents or to your siblings right and then that way you can just say I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings I just want something that's fair and these are the things that I think we can delegate because I've been doing them since I was six years old so I think that my siblings are capable too what do you think at the end of the day I can't imagine what it's like to be 12 years old. I was so avoidant. I would never talk to somebody at 12 years old because I didn't have the kind of courage that this writer has. And I'm so glad that there's people like this coming forward now because it's a new generation and there's a new generation of parents. We aren't in a time like I was where kids were just to be seen and not heard. There is a luxury now. Like my parents would have never said that they were proud of me. They still don't to this day. I've never heard those words. This child is coming from a place where parents, the parents really want to know more about them. So give them the letter, negotiate your options, and then let's see where that goes. I echo that for sure. And I want to emphasize that you're not alone. So thank you so much for writing in because it's not only going to give other children uh, the courage to do so, it's also allowing parents to see it from a child's standpoint. So thank you so much. And until next time, parenting is raw, it's awesome, it's rawsome. <laughs>